Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen. Delighted to have you. We certainly welcome those of you joining us by television or joining us by way of airjesus.com. Certainly delighted to have you. Stay tuned to today's message. I want to share something that will help to refresh, restore, renew your life. So stay tuned to today's message. Open your Bible, if you will, over to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. Psalms 23, verses 1-2. Through three. Let's read those first three verses together in unison. Ready? Read. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I just wanted to. Um, use as a subject today, coming from verse 2, he leadeth me beside the still waters. I want to use as a subject, visit the still waters. Visit the still waters. This, um, in my Bible, when I saw still waters, I had never noticed this, and I have known Psalms 23 all of my life. It was probably the first passage of Scripture I learned other than the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure that's the same for most of you. But in, in uh, verse, uh, verse number 2, where it says, He leadeth me beside the still waters. And I noticed in my Bible there's a number 2 by the word still. So I looked over into the index margin of my Bible, and it had the literal translation, and it said, Waters of rest. Still waters, waters of rest. And I found a translation that actually read it this way. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. Notice we're talking about visit the still waters. And this is a place where God leads us. Notice he leads. He leadeth me. He leads me. Beside the still water. It's a place where God leads because God knows what we need. God created us. He created the system we live in. And so he knows his creation better than anyone else. And he leads us to the still waters because he knows what we need. And I believe these still waters are a place of quiet Rest and strength and restoration so that you can face the pressures of life. And so there's a place, there's a place, and I believe it's a literal place and I also believe it's a figurative place. But there's a place that God leads us to that restores us, refreshes us, renews us so that you can face the pressures Of life. How many of you know life has some pressures? Life has some pressures. And so God not only refreshes us spiritually, but he also desires for us to be refreshed physically. Because I have news for you. If you aren't uh, in any physical shape, you aren't going to be much spiritually. (laughs) 
<laughs> the two, they really go hand in hand. I mean, if you don't feel good physically, it's going to be more difficult for your spiritual uh, self to be in any kind of shape as well. So God doesn't just want to refresh your spirit. That's good. We need our spirits refreshed. But God wants your body refreshed as well. I like God. Don't you like God? God, God see, God's looking out. He's looking out for the, the whole man. Um, the Apostle Paul, he prayed. He said, I, I pray that your spirit, your soul, and your body are preserved blameless. You know, he included the whole man. God, God cares about the whole man. And so he doesn't just want your spirits refreshed. He wants your bodies and your minds and your emotions renewed and refreshed. And so he leads us by still waters. This place where we're able to be restored and renewed and to really to have our batteries charged so that we can come back and face the battles of life again. And once again, I believe it's a, a literal place and I also believe it's a figurative place and you'll see that a little later on. But notice Jesus. Jesus would often go apart by himself. And scripture records, you would find him in the mountains alone. Well, what was he doing? Well, the Bible says he was, he was in solitude and prayer. And so he would use those times of refreshing. And God was leading him by the still waters. And so he would, he would um, go to this place of peace and rest and refreshing. So that he can be renewed and have his batteries both physically and spiritually recharged so that he could uh, meet the demands of ministry that he was facing in life. You also find Jesus on the waters quite often. He rested on the waters. In fact, one time he was resting so good on the waters, a storm arose and they had to go looking for Jesus. And when they found him, he was asleep. <laughs> See, that Jesus let you know. See, Jesus stole away. He, God led him beside still water. And so uh, Jesus took time to have, uh, to find and seclude himself in places of solitude and sereneness and peaceful, restful places, whether it's the, the mountains or the, the water. But there was something about it where Jesus knew how to get away and to relax, to let his hair down, to renew, to re-energize, to re-strengthen not only his spirit, but his flesh as well. So Jesus was sound asleep, sound asleep. He had stolen away where they had to go looking for him. But I believe God was leading him beside the still waters. And I believe there's something God is saying to us today uh, that God wants to lead us beside the still waters so that we can regenerate ourselves and re-energize ourselves and refresh ourselves and renew ourselves. And so he leads us by the still waters. Um, my father practiced this more than anybody I know. And the older we get, the more we are able to see my father's wisdom. But my father, I mean, it, there was not a week go by without him getting away. Stealing away where he would be alone. He had his own little hiding places. And most often he would always get to the water. Here in the city, he had a place on the lake. And he would leave and he would, so often during the week he would spend the night on the lake. 
And if he wasn't at the lake, there was a place in Alabama. He would go to the warm mineral springs. And if he wasn't there, he would go to Florida, to the beaches. But when I thought about his life, he always got to the waters. It was something about the waters that renewed him, refreshed him, restored him. And it's like the moment he would, I mean, if if somebody was driving him out of town, the moment that he would leave the city limits, he would almost be in a comatose state. The sleep would be so sweet and so heavy upon him. It's something about uh, getting out of town and getting away from everything that that it, it 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 I mean just getting away from the the everyday uh, hustle and bustle it relieves so much pressure and so much stress and strain and uh, he would often go to places where there would be no of the modern conveniences no telephone and no television and. No tell a woman. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> but he would, he would get to these places without all of these modern gadgets of noise and interruption. Because if you, if you go places and you got your cell phone and your beeper, you can't even rest. The folks tracking you down. So he would, he would literally take himself out of reach where you couldn't even contact him. But it was something that my father knew about the solitude of being away, visiting the still waters principle that Jesus taught. And I heard Pastor Nathaniel mention this, and I I didn't even realize this myself. But my father would spend three weeks a year, he would go to Jamaica and spend three weeks a year on the beach. And he did this every year. And it it just renewed him, it re-energized him, refreshed him, so that he could face the... The business challenges that he had. But the year that my father died, Pastor Nathaniel brought it to our attention. The year that he died is the very year he did not take his trip. He did not take the three-week trip to the water. And that's the very year that he died. What am I saying? There's something powerful about visiting the still waters. Visiting the still waters. There were two woodsmen. Lumberjacks, if you will. And one of them challenged the other lumberjack to see who could cut down the most trees in one day. And they both agreed to the contest. And the one who challenged the other lumberjack, he worked feverishly without stopping, without taking a break. I mean, he just got in there and got to going and he was determined to win. And he didn't let up. He just went full blast all day long. The other lumberjack was very leisurely and took several rest breaks, took long extended lunches. And he rested several times throughout the day. And when they got to the end of the day, the one who took all of the leisurely breaks, he had cut down more trees than the guy who went full blast all the time without stopping. And he couldn't understand it. He scratched his head. He said, I don't understand this. He said, every time I looked at you, you were taking a break. But yet you have cut down more trees than I have. And he replied to him. He said, you didn't notice, but when I was taking my rest breaks, I was sharpening my axe. <laughs> Folks, when we, when we rest, you're sharpening yourselves physically. You're sharpening yourselves mentally. You're sharpening yourselves spiritually. You're sharpening your emotions. And 
we, we fail to realize that in our business of everyday life, we just constantly keep going and we don't realize we're accomplishing less than we would if we took time to visit the still water, to replenish, to restore, to refresh, to renew, and then come back to face the challenges of life. Turn over to Mark chapter 6 real quick. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Mark 6, 31. Listen to this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. His disciples had been out and he sent them out on a, on a little uh, ministry trip and they just got back. They were working feverishly and they came back and they were excited and they were telling Jesus what all they had done. Look at verse 31, Mark 6, 31. And he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. It was, it was so busy. It was so busy. The disciples got back. They were excited. They had been out working, preaching, laying on the hands and ministering. And, and they were so excited, casting out devils. And people were coming and people were going. It was, it was so busy. They were getting people in and people were coming out. It was so busy. The ministry was growing and the demands were so great. They didn't even have time to eat. Let me read to you what one translation said. Then Jesus said, Let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest. So many people are coming and going, we don't even have time to eat. Jesus withdrew himself and his disciples from the crowds in order to rest and for him to teach them something about solitude, stillness, quietness. There's, there's, there's something that's healing there's something that's healing in solitude, in quietness, in stillness. Um, Psalms 23, where we were reading, notice it, it says, He restoreth my soul. The moment after you've been beside the still waters, the next thing he said, my soul has been restored. There's something healing, restorative in these still waters. The word, the word restore means, the word restore means to bring back, to refresh, to repair. In other words, God says, when I lead you beside these still waters, I want to bring you back. I want to refresh you. I want to repair you. And there's something that, that, that's restorative. It's a restorative quality in these still waters. They're healing waters. I was listening to Wayne Dyer on television one day, and he said that a woman had terminal, I believe it was cancer, but she had a terminal disease, nothing the doctors could do for her. She went off and got herself a cabin in the woods, and she stayed out there for six months. No television, no telephone, no telewoman. That's my little joke again. <laughs> well, she stayed out here for six months. Complete quiet, solitude, stillness and rest for six months. She came back completely healed of her disease. Now, I can't tell you what happened out there, but I can tell you she went to the still water. 
And there's something that is restorative. There's something that's healing. There's something there that is miraculous when you are led beside the still waters. There, folks, we gain more from a moment of silence than from an eternity of the noise of the world. Just a moment of silence. And many times you are not able to take a trip. But you're going to have to find and create for yourselves unique niches within your day where you can steal away, if it's just for a few moments, to reflect, to meditate, to rest, to take a deep breath and let it out and exhale, to sit there, to wait. You're going to have to find ways. See, that's what I wanted to let you know, that these still waters are not only a literal place, but they're a figurative place. It's... Let me read something beautiful. I love this verse. Matthew 11. You don't have to turn there. But Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the Message Bible. It reads this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out? Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I love that. Isn't that good? That's the still water. So it's more than just a literal place. It's It's a figurative place in Christ. We find our rest in Him. But if we'll learn to get away with Him... Spend a little time with him quietly. There is a refreshing. The Bible talks about times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. There's a refreshing that comes from his presence. He leadeth me beside still waters. He leadeth me beside still waters. According to a Greek legend, in ancient Athens, a man noticed the great storyteller Aesop. Playing childish games with some little boys. He laughed and jeered at Aesop. Asking him why he wasted his time in such frivolous activity. Aesop responded by picking up a bow. Loosening its string and placing it on the ground. Then he said to the critical Athenian. If you keep a bow always bent, it will break eventually. But if you let it go slack, it will be more fit for you to use when you want it. And that's the way we are. All we have to do is let the string go from time to time. Loosen the string. Have a little slack. And then we'll be more fit to use when God needs to use us. But if you stay bent, you'll eventually break. Loosen the string. Turn to your neighbor and say, loosen the string a little bit. <laughs> you know, even God rested. Jesus gave us an example. But God first gave the example. God worked six days, created everything. The Bible says God rested. He took the seventh day off. God took a day off. Turn to your neighbor and say, God took a day off. <laughs> now, if God, as great as he is, all-powerful, if he needed the rest, what in the world you think your little puny body did? (laughs) 
And here is what God was doing now when he, when he gave the Sabbath day rest in, in Exodus 23, 12. This is, what he, this is what he said. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I read it. This is what he said. He said, rest so you can be refreshed. Now, we've looked at it religiously, and, and, and they, they, it was legalistic. It was, it was their law. It was a command. But from the heart of God, what God was really doing, God was looking out for the good of his creation. God loved his people. And God knows uh, for you to be in optimum health and enjoyment of life, you got to rest. So God wasn't trying to punish them by making them. And he, he, he had to make them do it because if he didn't make them do it, they weren't going to do it. And so he had to just make them rest. And the only reason we, uh, many of us are not resting today, nobody is making us do it. And that's why we're dropping dead. And that's why we're filling the hospitals. Because when you will not take time to visit the still waters, you'll be forced to lay down. But if it comes to a place of forcing, you're not going to like it. If you won't rest voluntarily, you will Listen, if you don't believe me, go to the hospitals and you will see people resting involuntarily. They've been forced to a place of rest. And God knew that. So God, everything, and Pastor Nathaniel says this all the time, but every law God gave, it was for the good of the people. We don't understand it, but everything he did, he was trying to save our lives. He was trying to keep us from killing ourselves. And we looked at it as he was just a mean old God giving us some guidelines and rules to abide by. And I don't like them. <laughs> Turn over to Philippians 2.25 and uh, Philippians chapter 2. Very quickly. We're almost out of time, but got to read this to you. Philippians chapter 2. Now this is verse 25. This is about Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Now... This guy was working for God, was working for the Philippian church, and he nearly worked himself to death in the ministry. And Paul had to send him home. Paul sent him home and said, this man has worked himself to death for the cause of Christ, trying to take care of y'all. Now let him go home and get in the bed. He didn't say it in those words, but... Look at what it says. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 30. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion and laborer and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, not unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not only him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him, therefore, the more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and holding such reputation. Because for the work of Christ, he was near dead. That man worked himself to death. He didn't know how to take a break. I'm out of time. I am out of time. I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, Visiting the Still Waters, message number 7274. You can also email it to a friend. But I want you to learn how to rest. Thank you so much for joining us here at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word.
That really blew me away when I saw that man was working in the ministry. Nearly died working in the ministry, working for God, working for Jesus. All because he was, he was, he was leaving natural laws undone. He was leaving God's natural law of rest out of the equation. And I'm, I'm saying that to say you can work yourself to death for Christ and die an early death that God didn't intend for you to die. I had a woman coming to me last week and she told me she was just getting out of the hospital and had to get to the church. And I, I, I said, you need to be home in the bed. She was busy trying to get to the church. I said, look here. I, I said, I ain't coming to see you in the hospital. <laughs> I said, but you need to be home in the bed. I said, the doctor done told you, you on, you on bed rest, and you won't even stay on bed rest after doctors have given you order. God all alone has given us orders of rest. Learn to visit. Learn to visit the still waters. Amen. Amen.